Thank you, Thomas, for leading us this morning, for filling in for Glenn. Thank you for uh, getting me into the pulpit a couple of minutes earlier than I'm, than I'm used to. You've gone up a notch in my book. You're now at notch one. No. <laughs> Anybody have a special song they want to share with us? Hey, I, I had a, a, a friend, a pastor friend, who was doing a service, and literally he asked his church, was there anybody uh, who had a song that they'd like to share? And uh, you only do these things about once, and you get broken of it for doing it. And uh, he said he had a little boy in the church that raised his hand up, ooh, ooh, I have a song I want to share. He said, well, come on down and sing for us. And he said, the little guy walked up, grabbed up the microphone, and proceeded to begin singing the country song, Why You Want to Come Here Looking Like That. (laughs) So that's why I don't ever ask you, do you have a song that you'd like to share? I'm afraid of what song might be sung. Before we took a couple of weeks to focus on the Christmas messages, we finished John chapter 7 in our study through the Gospel of John. Well, uh, I'm going to extend our break just a little bit longer. And so what we're going to do is spend... You have a song, Bob? Uh. Well, I won't even do that joke anymore. I guess I'll learn to keep my big mouth shut. We're going to sing it. 407, everyone. You're going to sing it, Bob? All right. right. You want us all to sing it together? Sure. All right. Thank you. You ready? Good morning. Let's sing. God sent His Son. They called Him. Yeah. 
job, Bob. Thank, Thank you. you. Well, we are going to take a break a little longer from the Gospel of John. And in these first weeks of the new year, I want us to spend some time reviewing what our mission is and our plan as a church family for accomplishing it. Our mission is to glorify God. Biblically, that's our mission. Our purpose is to glorify God. Not just our purpose as a church or our purpose as individual Christians, but the reason for everything is the glory of God. When I say that our mission is to glorify God, by that, I mean, and the Bible means, our mission as the people of God and as a congregation of the people of God is to reveal the glory of God, to reflect the glory of God, to point others to the glory of God, to lead others to glorifying God, to declare the glory of God ourselves. And under that mission of glorifying God, our mission is making disciples. The way, biblically, that we glorify God the most as the people of God is by making disciples, making followers of Christ, reaching those who aren't yet followers of Christ, and teaching those who already are followers of Jesus Everything that Jesus has commanded us. Making disciples, not just here in our congregation and not just here in our community, but even beyond here to the ends of the world. The question for us then becomes, how? How do we glorify God by making disciples? How do we accomplish our mission. We've answered that over the last few years in our mission statement and in our church covenant. And the answer that we've come up with is by involving our church members in five activities, in five programs of the church, in five disciplines of church life. Those five activities are worshiping, studying, praying, serving, and witnessing. And we've defined what we mean by each of those activities in our church covenant. By worshiping, we mean faithfully and regularly attending our worship services and our times for meeting as a church family. By worshiping, we also mean giving obediently and regularly and generously to the Lord through the church. And by worshiping, we mean participating in the Lord's Supper with each other. When we talk about studying, 
we mean being a faithful part of a Sunday school class. Or at the very least, a part of a small group Bible study in the church that meets weekly. It doesn't matter whether you call it Sunday school or not. You need to be a part of a regularly meeting small group within the church. By studying, we also mean you're reading the Bible personally. And if it applies to you, you're reading the Bible with your family and having family Bible time. By praying, we mean joining with the church in our prayer services and praying for the church as a part of your personal prayer life. By serving, we mean serving others in our body, in our own church family in at least one area. And serving from the church to those outside of our church in at least one ministry. By witnessing, we mean living a life of repentance and faith to Jesus. Of continuing repentance and faith to Jesus. By witnessing, we also mean living a life that's characterized by obedience to Christ. By witnessing, we mean inviting others to our times of getting together, our worship times, our services. By witnessing, we also mean looking for opportunities to share the good news of who Jesus is and what Jesus has done for all that will repent and believe on Him for salvation. Well, this is our mission And this is how we plan to accomplish that mission as a church. And in your lives as church members, this is how we plan to accomplish it. Our mission statement says, Our mission is to glorify God by making disciples here and everywhere through worshiping, studying, praying, serving, and witnessing. We seek to glorify God by making disciples through involving our members in these five things. So we talk about these things, don't we? I do. I've I've preached on these things. I've taught on these things. We emphasize these things. We do these things. We're doing one of them right now. We've already done another earlier this morning. We offer opportunities for our members to be involved in these activities. And that's the church's job. That's the church's role to its members. To provide the opportunity to accomplish our individual and corporate mission of glorifying God by making disciples. Now can we do it better? Uh, Sure we can. Can we do some of those things better? Sure we can. I can. I can lead much better our church towards these things. And there are some of them that we're better at than others. There are some of these activities that we do a, a little better job at than we do with the others. But with all of them, we can definitely improve. But you know, a part of the job of doing this belongs not just to the church as a whole, 
but to us as individual church members. To every church member individually belongs some of this responsibility for accomplishing our mission. The church can emphasize and teach on and offer these things. But outside of a developed system of church discipline, which we're working towards, but don't have, outside of that, the church cannot make its members be involved in all of these activities. For that matter, the church cannot make its members be involved in any of these disciplines. Or programs. So if we're going to accomplish our mission, and if you are going to become a mature disciple, follower of Christ in this church, you must make the choice to do these things. In an effort to encourage you, and I mean that, in an effort to encourage you, and encourage us to make these choices and to keep making them over the next five Sunday mornings. I'm going to preach messages on these activities or at least on an aspect of each of these five activities. A message on a spiritual discipline within church life over the next five Sunday mornings. So this morning, I want you to turn with me in your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24. Let me give you the context of Hebrews 10. Or at least the context of the passage in Hebrews 10 that we're turning to now. Hebrews chapter 10 is about the superior sacrifice of Jesus. For that matter, the book of Hebrews is about the superiority of Jesus over all of these other things that were shadows pointing to Him until He would eventually come. Hebrews chapter 10 is about the superior sacrifice of Jesus. How He is a superior sacrifice to all of the sacrifices that were offered before because He was a once and for all sacrifice. And His sacrifice actually takes sins away. Whereas their sacrifices had to be repeated. And at best, all they did was symbolically cover sin for a short period of time. Hebrews 10 is also about the superior priesthood of Jesus. His priesthood is superior to the Levitical priesthood of the Old Testament. To the priesthood that came from Aaron. He is a superior priest to any of those priests. It's why we don't have official priests within the church anymore. Because Jesus is the high priest. He is a superior priest because He has finished His work. Whereas they always were having to repeat their work. 
their work was never done. Verses 19 through 21 of Hebrews chapter 10 are about the result of the superiority of Jesus. And that result is that we have access to God. Because Jesus is a superior priest and because Jesus is a superior sacrifice, we who belong to Christ, we who are turning from our sin and trusting on Him to save us, have access to God. And we can even have boldness to approach God. Boldness in our access to Him. Verses 22-25 through tell us to do three things as a result of this access that we have. And each of those three things begins with the phrase, let us. That is, it would read something like this. Because we have this access to God through Christ, let us do this. Let us do this. Let us do this. First, it says, let us draw near to God. That means let us approach God. Let us seek God. Let us take advantage of the access that we have to Him through Christ. Secondly, it tells us, let us persevere in the faith. Let us persevere in our faith. It says, let us hold on to the confession of our hope without wavering. For He who promised is faithful. And then the third thing it tells us to do is let us, and I'm going to put it in my own words here, let us go to church. Let us go to church. Now when we read it in just a moment, it will sound like this. Let us not stay away from our worship meetings. When I learned it growing up, it says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. In that third thing, we find our message today. And that message is on church attendance. How's that for a snazzy title? Church Attendance. I had to stay up late on New Year's morning to come up with that. Church Attendance. That's what we're going to talk about this morning. Now, I know in doing that, I take the risk of preaching to the choir, so to speak. Sort of something that's hard to understand about preaching to people who are attending church at the moment about church attendance. But we all need to hear what God's Word says about church attendance. So let's look at it. Verses 24 and 25, Hebrews chapter 10. And let us be concerned with one another in order to promote love and good works. Not staying away from our worship meetings as some habitually do. But encouraging each other. 
And, and that's what I'm, I want to be and I want to do this morning. I can go ahead and warn you. You know, sometimes you're watching a television show and it gives you a warning that uh, some material may not be suitable for some audiences. Look, I might get into some material this morning that you, that you don't think is real suitable. It may be uh, difficult, harsh, but I don't mean it that way. I want to be an encouragement to us and an encouragement to you in this new year. Not staying away from our worship meetings as some habitually do, but encouraging each other and all the more as you see the day drawing near. This passage makes seven points about church attendance. And if you don't like any more than three, then take it up with the Lord because He makes seven here, not three. Point number one. Church attendance should result from who Jesus is to us and what Jesus has done for us. Church attendance should result from who Jesus is to us and what Jesus has done for us. The very first word in this bigger passage in which our smaller passage is found today is the word, therefore. In verse 19, it speaks of a cause-effect relationship. And the point that it will make is that because Jesus is a superior priest, and because Jesus is a superior sacrifice, and because of the access that we have as the result of these things, we should do three things. I've already mentioned them to you. We should do three things. The last of those three things is go to church. That's why verse 24 begins with the third, let us. Let us show concern for one another. And let us not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. The Gospel should drive us to church attendance. Now use the word gospel here, because when I was giving you all that context of Hebrews 10, and it was talking about the superior priesthood of Jesus and the superior sacrifice of Jesus, all that is, is more words for the gospel. It's talking about who Jesus is, And what Jesus has done. The gospel then should drive us to church attendance. The results of the gospel in the lives of believers should motivate us to church attendance. A lack of faithfulness in church attendance shows a lack of understanding of the gospel. A lack of faithfulness in church attendance shows a lack of appreciation for who Jesus is. And a lack of appreciation for what Jesus has done for us. 
A lack of faithfulness in church attendance might even reveal no understanding of the Gospel. A lack of faithfulness in church attendance might even reveal no appreciation for who Jesus is and what Jesus has done. And therefore, a lack of faithfulness in church attendance might even reveal no salvation in your life. Church attendance should result from who Jesus is to us and what Jesus has done for us. Second point this passage makes. Church attendance shows concern for others in the church. Look at verse 24. It begins by saying, and let us be concerned with one another. Church attendance then shows concern for each other. Church attendance shows concern for other members in the church. Church attendance shows concern then for the church as a whole, for the local congregation, and for the bigger body of Christ that consists of all those who are trusting on Him for salvation. Church attendance shows concern for Christ Himself. Did you hear that? For the church is the church of Christ. Church attendance shows concern for Him. It shows that we have affection for Jesus. That we have love for Jesus. For if we're concerned for Jesus, we will be concerned and we will have concern for His body and His bride, which is the church. If you love Jesus, you're going to love His people. And you're going to love it when His people get together to worship Him. We spend time with those that we love, not because we have to, but because we want to and we get to. In a similar way, we do the things that we love. A lack of faithfulness in church attendance reveals a lack of concern for other church members. It reveals a a lack of concern for the church. And it reveals a lack of concern for Jesus. A lack of love for Jesus. A lack of faithfulness in church attendance might even reveal an absence of love for Jesus. An absence of love for His church. An absence of love for your church. An absence of love for other church members. And you think about it. When we do something, when we do other things in the place of church attendance consistently, routinely, what it really reveals is that we love those things more. A greater love for that thing or for those things. That should be a harsh revelation for many within the church. 
a, a condemning revelation for many within the church. Church attendance shows concern for others in the church. Third point. Church attendance promotes love and good works. That's what it says in verse 24. Let us be concerned with one another in order to promote love and good works. Church attendance promotes loving God. It promotes loving each other. Now the interesting thing here is that we just got through talking about how we should attend church because we love God. And because we love each other. But at this point in the passage, what we find that is equally true is that we attend church to increase our love for God and each other. We do it because we love God and each other, but we do it so we can love God and each other better. Church attendance promotes a love for the Word of God. And I'll tell you what, it indicates a love for the Word of God. People that love the Word of God love to hear the Word of God preached. They love to hear it taught. They love to hear it talked about. Church attendance promotes loving the lost. It promotes loving those that are hurting and broken. It promotes loving those who are helpless. Church attendance promotes obedience. That's what good works is. Obedience. This is really to say that church attendance promotes Christian living. It does. There is a strong connection between faithfulness in church attendance and the living out of our Christian life. Church attendance is vital to our progress as believers. It's vital to our growth as followers of Christ. Church attendance is one of the things that fuels our sanctification. Sanctification being the process of becoming more like Christ. For you see, in these church gatherings is where we, the people of God, gather around the Word of God and the truth of God. And God feeds us that heavenly manna. Words of spirit and of life. It's why Jesus could say in His high priestly prayer, John 17, 17, Sanctify them by Your truth, Your Word, is truth. The very truth through which God sanctifies us or makes us more like Jesus. A lack of faithfulness in church attendance reveals a lack of concern for your becoming more loving. And your increasing in good works. It reveals a lack of concern for your own spiritual growth. And sanctification. It is the cause then of this failure to progress. I'll flip it around though and say it this way. And this has historically been true. A lack of love 
and good works, you could say a lack of Christian living or a lack of obedience to God, also causes a lack of faithfulness in church attendance. Biblically and historically, when church members have become inconsistent in their church attendance, it usually reveals that they are not where they need to be in their Christian life. Maybe even that they're struggling with sin in their life, which compels them to stay away from the people of God and those times of gathering around the Word of God because of the conviction that it brings. Church attendance promotes love and good works. Fourth fact. Church attendance is commanded by God. It is. It is here in verse 25 where it says, not staying away from our worship meetings. In other words, don't stay away from our worship meetings. Verses 24 and 25 are a command from the Holy Spirit of God through the writer of the book of Hebrews, for the people of God to attend what we today would call church. Church attendance is commanded by God elsewhere in the Scripture. Going back to the very beginning of the people of God as a group, these people of God have always gathered routinely to worship Him, haven't they? They've always done it. God has always marked out times for His people to do that. Church attendance has always been a way to identify the people of God. And it's not a perfect way to identify the people of God, but it's a way to identify the people of God. The people of God are those people who gather regularly to worship their God. Biblically, there is no such thing as a physically able, non-attending person of God. Let me say that again. Because we have allowed to develop in our minds a concept of Christians who have nothing to do with Christ or His people. Biblically, there is no justification anyway for believing in a physically abled-bodied person who isn't a faithful attender at the meetings of the people of God. A lack of faithfulness in church attendance is disobedience. If it's commanded by God then not to do it is to disobey. So let's call it what it really is. What's another word for disobedience? A three-letter word. Sin. A lack of faithfulness in church attendance is sin. And included in church attendance would be all church meetings, all church assemblies, all church Services. Now, by that I don't mean, my goodness, that if you don't make it to every single one that we ever have, that somehow you're, you know, this awful person 
I'm not saying that, but included in the notion of attending the gatherings of God's people is your faithfulness in attending all of their meetings. Not just one. Not just Sunday mornings. Certainly not just certain seasons of the year. Now our church, somewhere back before even I came, way back there, has agreed on and established four of these gathering times a week. Three times, four different services. The Sunday school hour on Sunday morning. The worship time that we're in now. Sunday evening services at 6 o'clock. Wednesday night services at 6 o'clock. And they're all important. And if they're not, do you know what we need to do for the ones that are unimportant? We just need to get rid of them. Or we need to change them. But that's not the answer, is it? They're all important. Now, now I know at this point is where some squirming is going on. I don't mean it that way. I, I pray even before... I walk from there to here. I pray, God, help me to speak this truth in love. And that's what I'm trying to do. That's what my prayer has been. I'm saying this not to beat you up and get you off to a bad start in the new year, but to get you off, to get us off to a good start in the new year. Let's remember that a part of the pastor's job is to proclaim the Word of God. It's his biggest job. And a part of proclaiming the Word of God is rebuking and correcting and speaking the truth in love. So what does it say when you skip one of our services? What does it say when you skip all but one? What does it say when you regularly and routinely skip any of the services or, or all of the services that the church has. Uh, does it not say that you're being disobedient to God? Now, I'm not making a judgment. This is a command in Scripture. Does it not say that you're being disobedient to the church, which has said as a body, and we say we're governed as a body, that we, the church, are going to meet at these times? Does it not say that you don't value that service or those people that take part in that service? Does it not say that you don't think you need that service? You add up all of the time that we spend together as a church each week and even taking into account that I preach long, it's still less than five hours a week. Y'all listen to me. God help me. Uh, Father, send Your Spirit to impress on our hearts this truth. Less than five hours a week. That's if you came to every one of them and stayed for all of it. Less than five hours a week. In a 168 hour 
week. And if you say, well, I sleep for some of that. Well, I'll even give you eight hours a night to sleep, which most of you don't do, which most of us don't do. That'd be 112 hours a week. Still asking for less than five a week. That's less than an hour a day on average. That's less than one TV show a day. That's less than 5% of your time each week. In fact, it's just under 3% of the time that every one of us has each week. Less than 3%. It's less than watching two ball games. I watched two ball games before noon on New Year's Day. It's less than one trip to Mobile. It's less than one day at work or one day at school for something that God commands. Church attendance is commanded by God. Fifth point. Church attendance has always been an issue for some in the church. Look at verse 25 again. Not staying away from our worship meetings as some habitually do. Church attendance was an issue in the church of that day. It's been an issue in churches throughout church history. And it is today. Most churches are declining, at least in our country. And it's not just membership in churches that is declining. The attendance of membership is declining. The percentage of members who attend is in steep decline. And it's an issue here in our church. That's why uh, I'm addressing it this morning. We need to realize and acknowledge that this is an issue, maybe even an issue in your life. And there's some that do acknowledge and realize this. There's some that fret about a, a decrease in attendance here. Some that even complain about a decrease in attendance. But one thing I've noticed is that I've never heard complaints about church attendance from the people that come to all the services. I thought, I'm, I'm not exaggerating, I, I thought it through. If you're concerned about church attendance, come. Come. If you're concerned about church attendance, come. That'll increase it by one. And this applies to all areas of the church. If you're concerned about the number of people in the choir, join. If you're concerned about attendance at prayer services, come. If you're concerned about the number of kids in youth, then come or get yours here. If you're concerned about the number of kids in children, bring them. I think many members, maybe even some who would consider themselves to be faithful church members, would be surprised if they saw the hard data on how little they come. What percentage of services that they make it to? I mean, if you want to talk about a bad batting average, 
It might be below the Mendoza line and would be for, for a lot. Church attendance won't be an issue if church members attend church faithfully. Maybe it's an issue for you. It sure has been an issue for some in the church. Always has been. Sixth point. Church attendance is a way to encourage each other. We see that in verse 25. Not staying away from our worship meetings as some habitually do, but encouraging each other. Church attendance is a way to strengthen other people, to build them up, to edify other members in the church, which is our task as a member, our duty to other members to edify them. I'll tell you this, your church attendance encourages me. When you're here, I'm happy that you're here. I'm happy that you're here this morning. I'm happy that you've gotten your year started in this way. I am happy, encouraged greatly by people who attend the services of the church. And it's not just that way with me. It encourages others who attend. When you attend, either specifically or just generally speaking, it's an encouragement. And beyond that, it's an encouragement to those who don't attend. Your attending says something to them about their needing to do the same without your ever saying a word about it. it. We don't have to beat the people in our families or close circle of friends who aren't as faithful as they should be over the heads with their lack of church attendance. We can simply be a witness by always going. Always being there. Parents, your church attendance will encourage your children to attend church in the future. Grandparents, it will encourage your grandchildren to attend church in the future. But when they see you or us coming sporadically only to certain things, only when those certain things have something to do with specifically us, that's the kind of church person that they're going to become if they become one at all. And that's a real issue today. Where between 80 and 90% of our young people after growing up in church depart from the church. Never to return. And I don't just mean the church they grow up in, but the church as a whole they depart from. it. A lack of faithfulness in church attendance is a discouragement to others. Shows a lack of desire to encourage others. And again, it reveals no concern for others. What it really reveals is a concern with self. Church attendance is a way to encourage each other. Now, fact number seven. Church attendance should become more important as we get closer to the return of Jesus. Closer to the return of the day, is the phrase in verse 25, which is drawing near. Which means that His judgment is drawing near. Church member, you don't want to be found disobedient by Jesus when He comes, do you, in this area? You don't want to be found unconcerned about His very people when He comes, unthankful for what He's done and who He is to you, do you? You don't want to be found deceived, certainly. 
Which would be the case with many who would identify themselves as Christians, but their lack of concern for church and for Christ in turn reveals something different. The verses that follow here, verses 26 through 31, read them. They speak to those who are deceived, who go on willfully sinning and rebelling after coming to a mental knowledge of the truth and that all they have to look forward to is falling into the hands of a terrifying God. The return of Jesus getting closer also means that the world is getting worse. More evil, which means we need more of the people of God and the worship of God and the Word of God. So we should be attending church more, isn't that what he says? And all the more, as you see the day approaching, we should be attending church more, not less. Which is the case, strangely enough. The church probably has less service or meeting times than any time in its history today. Less than five hours a week. And there is less attendance from church members in those services. There is even less emphasis on the gathering of the people of God. I've heard some church people, even pastors, Say something like this, we need less of getting together and we need more of getting out there. Folks, God commands us to get together and to gather around His Word. And we're already out there going. We're always going out there. We need to be getting together in here so that we're, so that we're better when we're out there going. So that we've got something to share when we go and something to do. I want you to know, as this passage says, more church attendance. God is not unaware of the reasons or the excuses for a lack of faithfulness in church attendance. And so, one might say, well, I'm busy. People have always been busy. We have life much easier than people in the past have, have had it. We do things far more quickly than they ever dreamed that it could, could be done. I mean, the basic necessities of life are taken care of for us far more quickly than those from a hundred years ago or more. And to that excuse, I'm busy, uh, we should also hear these words, we're not too busy for other things. One might say, I don't have time. But we make time for what's important to us, don't we? And we make all the time for it that it needs. If we don't have time for what we call church, then your priorities are out of order. One might say, I've got other things to do to which I would respond more important than the people of God gathering to worship God. One might say, I don't enjoy it. I don't get anything out of it. And I would say from a shepherd's heart, a soul doctor, if you will, that says a whole lot more about you than it does about the church. 
A lack of faithfulness in church attendance reveals a lack of discernment about the time in which we're living. It reveals a lack of discernment about yourself. It reveals pride and arrogance in your heart that you somehow think you could be the outlier Christian who doesn't need the people of God and regularly regularly gathering with them for worship and obedience to Him. Church attendance should become more important as we get closer to the return of Jesus. It's time that I do this, I know, so I will. Let me wrap it up. Church member, and look, I'm not talking to people outside the church. Church member, either church member here or or, or another church. How faithful are you in church attendance? How important is church attendance to you? You might want to consider this connected question. How important is becoming a mature disciple of Jesus to you? How important is glorifying God to you? How important is accomplishing our mission to you? Can it be said of you like it was said of David? I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. We've just seen how important church attendance is. We've seen why we should be faithful in church attendance. So I'm asking you, I'm asking us, will you be faithful in this activity, in this discipline? Uh, We can throw the past away. It's gone. You can't do anything about last year or what you haven't done in years past. Will you be faithful from now on? Or will you continue to be faithful in church attendance? Would you make a resolution to be faithful to church attendance this year? Think of who Jesus is and what He's done for you. Think of others in the church showing concern for them and being an encouragement to them. Think of how it promotes love and good works. Think of how God commands it. Think of the issue that it is and always has been in the church. Think of the return of Jesus getting nearer and nearer. Think about what it reveals about you if you're not faithful in church attendance. It might even reveal that you're lost. I'm not saying it does, but it might. And if you're lost, you don't merely need to come to church. You need to be saved. You need to be born again. You need Jesus. Because I know this for a fact. For people that are in love with Jesus, nobody ever has to tell them they need to come to church. Turn from your sin and trust on Jesus to save you. And He will. And as you continue turning and trusting, make a commitment to church attendance. Would you stand with me and bow your heads and close your eyes?